Amen. It's wonderful to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. There's no place that I would rather be. Amen. Than wherever God is at. Amen. If he decided today that he wasn't going to show up anymore, then guess what? I'm not showing up anymore either. I love all of you, but I want to be wherever he's at. Amen. And I know that he's here today. Amen. We're so delighted to have each and every one of you here. Thank you for being faithful to the house of God. Thank you to all of our guests for being here today. I say thank you to Brother and Sister Ruiz for being in service with us today. Amen. We are delighted to have each and every one of you here today. How many of you believe that God is going to do something great in this house today? Amen. You all too, because Brother Dwayne said it a while ago, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And His Spirit is in this place. There's freedom in this place today. You can leave forever changed, or you can leave the same. That's up to you. But God is here on your behalf today if you'll let Him do a work. Amen. If you would, turn with me in your Bibles to Psalms chapter 8. Amen. While you're doing that, our pastor is with Brother and Sister McKee in Katy, Texas today, preaching for them. It's their church's 18th year. And pastor was asked to be over there. And pastor said, I don't know why they asked me to go over there and preach. I said, because they wanted a good preacher. Amen. And they got the absolute best over there today. As for you, I, I don't know about all that, but I feel sorry for you today. If you would have known Pastor was over there, you might have got up a little earlier to drive to Katie this morning. But I'm glad that you're here. Amen. Psalms chapter 8. Be glad this is one of the short psalms because I am going to read the whole thing. He says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Who hath set thy glory above the heavens? Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers... The moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. All sheep and oxen, yea, and the beast of the field, the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea. And whatsoever passeth through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name. Help of the Holy Ghost, I want the earth. Today, for just a little while, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to talk to you on the subject, when I consider. When I consider. Can we go to the Lord in prayer right now? Lord, we love you today. And I thank you so much for your presence that is in this place. God, I need your help today to deliver your word. God, I pray right now that you would anoint these lips of clay. God, I pray that you would speak to each and every heart today. God, that you would awaken our minds this morning. God, that you would touch us, Lord, the way that only you can. 
God, that we would leave this place changed. That we would leave touched by the Almighty. God, we've got to have you in this service today. We've got to have your touch. We need you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray and believe. And everyone said amen. You can be seated today. I've come this morning not with just another message, not a 40-minute sermon of notes just to punch out some time on the clock, but not to fill a quota on another message preached, but to preach a word from the Lord. And I want you to know this morning that God desires something great in this place today. This is day number five of seven supernatural Sundays. And just because we're halfway there doesn't mean that God is done. Amen. We're going over the edge and we've got two more Sundays after this until Easter Sunday. Amen. But we're not there yet. God's still going to do something great. I want to know this morning, does anybody in here ever get tired? I'm not talking about you're ready to go eat lunch today so you can go home and lay back in the recliner. And take a nap for a couple hours before coming back tonight. Not that kind of tired. I'm talking about you're weary. You get worn and tired. And you sleep for ten hours but you still feel deflated. And you understand today that maybe you don't have an excuse like somebody else has to be tired. Maybe you haven't worked as hard as somebody else. Maybe you haven't done as much as other people and you got more sleep than they did. Perhaps you know of somebody that's sitting on the very pew with you who has done more than you have. And you're sitting here thinking, well, God, how can I be tired and how can I complain and how can I come up with all of these excuses and complaints when I know there's somebody in here who has had it far worse than I. But God, I I still can't help the way that I feel. I can't help the season that I'm in. I just feel tired. Anybody ever been there? Is there anybody there today? Say the wheel is turning, but the hamster is dead. You find yourself finding everything but the silver lining. You don't consider yourself a negative person, but when you sit back and you begin to look around at all of the things going around, around, around you and the world that you're living in and the condition of the world, the hate and the greed and jealousy and anger and bitterness, the onslaught of sin and the flesh, And it's only getting worse. That every time you open murdered, someone else is being put in horrific has happened. And someone else is being murdered. Someone else is being put into prison. And you just get discouraged and you feel like all of life has been sucked out of you. And yet we as a people, we have ups and downs and we feel like we are on a roller coaster of life. We feel like one day we're up and the next day we're down and. We're up on the highest of highs on Sunday night, but Monday morning the devil comes knocking and we're back to our lowest of lows. We go up and down, up and down. We're like the old song that said, when you're up, you're up. And when you're down, you're down. But when you're only halfway up, you're neither up or down. We feel that way sometimes. And when you do that song, have you ever done it? You get exhausted about halfway through. We could do it this morning as a test, but I'll I'll let you remain seated. But when you're up, you're up. Does anybody know that? And how many of you know that when you're down, boy, you can be down. 
But the truth is, when we are in the middle, we are stuck there. We are discontent because we do not know where we stand. When you go through the Psalms, you will find that David's life is much like this. You will find that David had some very high highs, but you will also find him in the very depths of despair, not knowing how he was going to make it. In Psalms 3, he says, Lord, how are they increased that troubled me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. That's when David was feeling low. He was feeling discouraged. But the next verse, he says, but thou, O Lord, are a shield for me. The glory and the lifter of my head. Your head needs to be lifted when you feel down and discouraged. Your head needs to be lifted up unto him when you feel like you can't go another day. And David was in this moment of despair, but the Lord picked him up. And there he goes again, back to the up, back to praise, back to worship. The Bible says in Psalm 6 that David said, O Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. My soul is also sore vexed, but thou, O Lord, how long? Return, O Lord, deliver my soul. O save me from thy mercy's sake. This was another low in David's life and he's going through it and he's saying, you know what, I I have victories in my life, but I'm also vexed. I have struggles. I have things that I go to. I, I, I know how to worship and I know how to praise God and tell him how awesome he is. And I know how to lift my hands in church, but I also know I grow weary. He said, I, I, I was determined, but I, I still need my soul delivered. My mind is made up what I want to do. I'm here today because I know I want to serve God and live for God. But in all of that, sometimes I just get tired. Sometimes I just get a little bit weary. Sometimes my bones are vexed. My soul is vexed. I'm weak. I'm tired. I'm weary. While David went through all of these emotions... David knew how to get a hold of God. He knew how to lift his head. He knew how that when he was in the lowest of lows, there was only one place to look and that was up. There was only one person that he could turn to and that was God. It was in those moments that David, in those moments of despair, would then have an aha moment where he would sit up and say, you know what? God is better to me than all of this has been. God is greater than anything that I am going through right now. God is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. God said he would never leave me nor forsake me. And David would wake up in his mind and come to the realization, hey, there's something greater here. In those moments, he was able to see things from another perspective. He was able to see from heaven's point of view. For in chapter 8, David begins his rejoicing again. He begins to say, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent, how excellent is thy name in all of the earth. How wonderful are you, Lord, who hath set thy glory above the heaven. He says something here that if we are not careful, we run right over into a verse that we all know and love. And we get excited about verse 4 that says, What is man that thou 
thou art mindful of him. We get excited about that and we've put it in books and we've put it on, on cathedrals and we've put it on statues and monuments. What are man that thou art mindful of him? But before he ever got to verse four, he stopped and he said something so powerful and so provoking that if we could get a hold of it, it would forever change our lives. He said, when I consider, when I consider, that lets us know right there that it's not 24-7. That David's life isn't just this constant moment of thinking about all the good things in life. Boy, wouldn't that be wonderful. He lets us know that he is also guilty of flying through life and not really paying attention sometimes. And he's guilty of going through the motions. And he's guilty of showing up to church and singing three songs and taking up offering and announcements and singing another song and the preacher getting up and and preaching a good word just for us to leave. He's guilty of just being tired. But he said there are moments when I consider... There are times that I stop long enough to look around. There are moments that when I'm sitting around a campfire out in the middle of nowhere and I look up at the heavens, I realize the works of his hands. I begin to see the great big picture in all of this. I see some things, but there are some things his hands and his fingers have touched that I will never get to see. There are works that he has done that I will never even know about. That's how great my God is. We like to do the solar systems for our science projects and talk about them. And we know them by name, Saturn and and Mars and the earth and the sun. But God is saying those are great, but those are the ones that you can see. Those are the ones that you can can observe. But I want you to know there are stars out there and galaxies out there that you there and know about. But I know each of them by name. I placed them there. I ordained them there. And David was looking around at his life and the ups and the downs and the ups and the downs. And he says, but when I stop and I consider, when I stop long enough to look back and say, I am this big on an earth that is this big. I am this big and serving a God who is far greater. When I stop for a moment and I consider oh God what art man that thou art mindful of him. When I consider all that you've done. God I can't help but say thank you. Some of us swore we would never walk into a church building but guess what? You're here this morning. Some of us made up our mind we were not going back to a church We were hurt. We were bitter. The church or the preacher said something that hurt us. But look where you are standing at today. Stop and step back and consider. Look at where God has brought you from. He has brought you a mighty long way. Scripture says we have come this far by faith. When I really stop. When I really slow down and quit going through the motions. And going from song to song to song. Just singing it because it's what Brother Clyde T. picked. And it's what they're putting on the board but when I slow down long enough to just stop to get in the presence of God to close my ears from everything else and everyone else around me and to shift my focus towards heaven and to shift my focus towards him it is then I begin to realize things are not the way that they always seem 
My God is greater than this sickness. My God is greater than this disease. God, you are higher. You are stronger. You are worthy, oh God. I know right now I don't see it because there's trouble all around. I know right now I don't see it because I'm in the middle of a divorce. I know right now I don't see it because I'm an addict. But when I step back and I look at what God is doing, when I step back and look at His Word and see what He is still capable of, when I step back and realize that He said that the latter days would be greater than the former days, it is then I can't help but say thank you. It is then I can't help but praise Him. It is then I can't help but let a praise come out of my mouth. When I really stop and consider, when I really begin to look around, I can quickly realize that God has been so good to me. If we're not careful, we can become as Asaph in Psalm 73. Bible says, truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. I can't speak for everyone else, but as for me, he said, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped, for I was envious. I was looking around at the the wicked and those that are around me, and they were prospering. Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I therein. To the good message, he said, no doubt about it, God is good. Good to good people, good to the good hearted. But I nearly missed it. Missed seeing his goodness. I was looking the other way. Looking up to the people at the top. Envying the wicked who have it made. Who have nothing to worry about. Not a care in the whole wide world. He said what's going on here is God out to lunch. Nobody is tending the store. The wicked get by with everything. They have it made in the shade, piling up riches. I've been so silly to play by the rules. And what has it gotten me? A long run of bad luck, that's what it got me. A slap in the face every time I walk out of the door. Asaph was saying, boy, what a shame. What a shame it would have been had I slipped and began to talk like that. What a shame. Shame it would have been for me to have gotten to a place where I was so bitter and so upset and I was looking around at my neighbors and the people who don't go to church and the people who are atheists and the people who don't want anything to do with God and they don't seem to be having any problems. They're making more money than I am. They're living in a nicer car house and driving nicer cars than I'm driving. But God, I'm serving you faithfully. God, I'm coming into your presence every Sunday. God, but I am tired. I am weary, I am hurting, and I am growing bitter. He said, and I I did not understand because I was looking over here and over there. He said, but then I went into the house of God. Then I shifted my focus back to where it was supposed to be. 
Then I got my mind back on him. Then I lifted my eyes back to him. I lifted my hands and began worshiping him again. And he said, if I had given in to talk like that, I would have betrayed your dear children. Still, when I tried to figure it out, all I got was a splitting headache. Until I entered the sanctuary of God, then I saw the whole picture. The slippery road that you have put them on with a final crash in a ditch of delusions. He said it was it was so painful for me to look around and my feet were almost gone and I was falling away from you, God. And I was not really thinking like I used to think and praying like I used to pray and worshiping like I know I need to worship God. And when I began to do that, I began to look around and it seemed like everyone was prospering but me. You ever been there? God, I feel like everyone else is getting a blessing. God, I feel like everyone else is getting a touch. I feel like everyone else has got it made. That's exactly what the devil wants is for you to feel like that. But the truth is, if we were to have everyone in here stand who's hurting today, you'd be surprised by some of the people that would stand up. If we had everybody stand who've had a rough week, those who have had a headache this week, a sickness attack their family, somebody who's just gone through it and they say, God, I'm tired. You'd be surprised some people who have had their hands lifted today, who have worshipped today, they would be some of the ones standing up. Why is that? It's because they get into a place where they can sit. God. They get into a place where they say, you know what, I may be going through a whole lot, but my God is still worthy of my praise. My God is still exalted above all. My God is still holy and He is still mighty and worthy of my praise. There's an old Hasidic tale about a woman whose name was Anna Kabich. She was a complainer all day long and she complained and she said, I have so little money. All my clothes are like rags. She said, my heart is, is, is so bitter and my health is so bad. My back feels like the walls of Jericho. Some of us woke up this morning feeling like that. She said, I must walk so far every day to draw water that my feet are like watermelons. My house is so small that I can barely move in it. My children visit me so little that they hardly know me at all. Every day she would wake up and find something new to complain about. And one day Anna woke up with an itch on her nose and it itched so long that she finally went to the rabbi. And when the rabbi saw Anna, he asked her, how are you today, Anna? If you have never asked a complainer that question before, you better buckle up and open your ears and find you a seat. And listen to the spill because they're going to have a story to tell you. Oh, brother, you don't know all that I've gone through this week. Oh, you don't know all that I'm facing. Oh, you don't know all the stuff that we've endured. And and boy, if you if you'd only seen this itch that I had when it started, man, it, it wasn't bad then. But now it's about driving me crazy. And and I have so little money. I, I, all my clothes look like old rags and and my health is so bad. My she goes through the whole spill again all over. And now she's got this horrible itch to add to it. And when things couldn't get any worse, Rabbi, you know, I woke up this morning and this itch just would not go away. And he said, well, Anna, it sounds to me like you have the kibitch itch, the complainer's itch, 
He said, however you consider yourself, so shall you be. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Anna woke up the next morning. Her nose itched worse. She was sitting there and she realized that her back was now a stone. Her house had shrunk. Her arms were sticking out of the window and her legs were sticking out her front door and her feet indeed turned into watermelons. She could not move. Her clothes had turned to old rags. Her kids walked by and just kept walking because they did not even know her. But in her despair, she remembered what the rabbi had told her. He said, however you consider yourself, so shall you be. Anna then had a moment to think. She wasn't going anywhere. She was stuck in her house. She was humiliated and embarrassed. She felt like nobody cared. Her own family didn't even recognize who she was. But she had a moment in that weakness, that moment of despair where she felt like nothing was going to change. And she had a moment to consider. And she said, you know, I do have money to those who are not more. Henceforth, I will give out of my abundance to those who are not so well off. My health is not so bad either. Actually, for someone my age, I feel quite well. I am glad I have such a nice house. It's not very large, but it is comfortable for just me. I really don't mind the walk to draw water. I get to stop and smell all of the flowers along the way. And my children, I am so proud of them. I am so proud that they have become independent and are now able to take care of themselves. Then miraculously, while Anna was saying these things, her situation changed back to normal. And her outlook on life had changed forever. When the rabbi is telling of the story of Anna, they end by saying, may your nose itch forever. May there constantly be a reminder that causes you to consider. May there constantly be something in your life that causes you to step back and say, okay, I've I've got this problem, but my God is greater. I've got this problem, but it's really not as bad as I think that it is. I've got this problem, but it's not as bad as my neighbor's telling me that it is. I've got this issue in my life, but it's not that bad. May your nose itch forever. May there be something that reminds you. Know what the Bible says? The Bible says that there was a thorn in someone's flesh. And he said it was a messenger from Satan that was sent here to buffet me. I didn't know if I was going to make it. It was driving me crazy. It was driving me batty. And I was looking at it and saying, God, you've got to remove it. God, you've got to take it away from me. I can't deal with this pain anymore. But then I realized his grace is sufficient for me. It's really not all that bad when I consider that I get the grace of God. When I consider that the Lord is on my side. When I consider that He's fighting for me. When I consider that God is touching me. When I consider that He opened the doors for me this morning and let me come into His presence. This thorn really isn't all that bad. 
When I really consider, when I look at the works of thy fingers, when I look to the heavens which thou hast ordained, when I see that even through storms we are not only here today, but we are growing. God is doing something great at Greater Life Church. We didn't just survive the storm. We're growing in spite of the storm. We're having revival in seven supernatural Sundays in spite of all that has happened to us. We are not just barely making it. We're going somewhere. We might be held up right now and not knowing what's the next step is. But God said, I've got it under control. You just keep growing. You just keep witnessing. You just keep baptizing people in Jesus name. You keep doing what I have called you to do. And considering all that I've done. When you look back and realize we may not be where we were last year. We're a little bit further. We're not where we were when we were on a shopping center on 518. We're somewhere a little bit different today. But we don't back. And I couldn't hear Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. But when I step back and I consider... When I look back at where he brought me from, I can't help but say, thank you, Jesus. I can't help but lift my hands and say, Lord, you're worthy. I shouldn't be here today, but by your grace and mercy, God, you have saved me. When I stop looking at the church down the road, when I stop comparing it to the church I used to be a part of, when I stop long enough to sit back and think, When I stop long enough to consider my how my perspective quickly changes. It makes me take my thumb out of my mouth so that I can lift my hands. It makes me pick myself up off the ground so that I can move a little bit. It makes my hard heart turn soft again and tears begin to stroll down my face. I've been guilty, God, of claiming to be too busy. I've been guilty of going through the motions. But when I consider, when I stop for a moment, when things are going crazy, when everything's falling apart, when it seems like we can't get over this sickness, when it seems like we can't stay out of the hospital, when it seems like the bills just keep coming in, when it seems like we just keep fighting, when it seems like I can't lift my hands anymore, when it seems like I don't know if I can go another day. Oh, I consider, I consider all of the works of thy hands. I think about all that you've done for me. When I think about the day you found me. When I think about the day I was baptized in Jesus' name. When I think about when my family came to you. When I think about how far away I was. And you reached down and you picked me up. And put me on a solid ground. Oh, when I consider it, God, I can't help but say thank you. Brother Randy, when you consider what God has done, that's where a testimony came from this morning. Somebody who had been praying stopped long enough to say, God, I thank you, Jesus. When I consider what you've done, Lord, I can't help but say thank you. Oh, Brother Duane, when I begin to consider where God has brought you and your family, when I've heard your testimony, I've heard things that have come out of your mouth. When you were outside of the church. 
Oh, when I consider where you are today, when you begin to look back over where God has brought you from, when you begin to look back on the things that you said and you look and say, how am I here today? How am I here today? God, it's because of you. My great-grandfather was just a man who was supposed to open a school for a friend. And he went and opened that school for his friend that was having church that day. And he took the Long family in there. T.W. Long was responsible for us. Had come on, we're going to church today. Church could have service. He went home and got his family and he said, come on, we're going to church today. Guess what? Because of that decision right there, their lives were forever changed. Not just their lives, but this guy right here went into a room over at that church in Pasadena. A room called the T.W. Long Hall. It was named after my great-grandfather in a children's church service. I could take you to the very spot I was standing as a five-year-old. I didn't know everything about church. I didn't know all about theology. I didn't know all the professional things you're supposed to say and you're supposed to pray and you're supposed to do. But as a small child, I lifted my hands and I said, I love you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. I want the Holy Ghost. We don't always think about that moment that we got the Holy Ghost or that moment that we got baptized. But I promise you, if you've ever experienced it before... There's not a one of you in here that can't go back to that day where God got a hold of you. There's not one person in here who says, you know, I don't really remember. Oh, you remember. You remember when God reached down and touched you. But when we step back and consider. When I stop long enough to sit back and say, you know what? God has been so good. We sing songs about it all the time. When I think about Jesus, what he's done for me. When I think about Jesus, how he set me free, I could dance, 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 dance all night. Or I get joy when I think about what he's done for me. I get joy when I think about what he's done for me. Or... When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, 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 praise God for saving me. Or when I think, when I think about the Lord. How He saved me. How He raised me. How He filled me with the Holy Ghost. How He healed me to the uttermost. When I think about the Lord. When I consider. When I stop long enough to quit complaining and looking around at everyone else. And I say, thank you Lord for placing my feet on solid ground. When I think about it, it makes me want to shout. It makes me want to shout. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, you're Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.